hello and welcome to our latest episode of 30 for Net Zero 30. I'm Anna Marie Slot, Global Sustainability and ESG Partner here at Ashurst, and we're speaking with 30 changemakers around the globe about actions to take now to deliver on 2030 goals. Today, we're very pleased to be joined by Jose Pugas, a partner and head of responsible investments and engagement at JGP Asset Management. Jose is a political scientist by background with over 15 years of experience in sustainability and finance, having led different projects in Brazil and Latam. Currently, Jose is an active member of think tanks and international forums dedicated to discussing regenerative finance, nature-based solutions, and just transition. Jose, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you give us a little bit about your own background uh, and, and what you do? And, and then we'll launch into uh, the rest of our questions. Um, thank you for the invitation to join the conversation. It's always very good for us, at uh, mainly for us in South America and Latin America, to be part of those global dialogues about DFG, biodiversity, and climate changes. Um, personally, I lead the Sustainable Finance Project at JGP Asset Management. Uh, JGP is one of the three largest independent asset management firms in Brazil and a leader in Latin America's sustainable investments. Uh, I'm also honored to serve as a chairman of the Chapter Zero Brazil Committee, uh, where in addition to mentoring and educating corporate board members on issues related to climate change, we are studying a new project called Voices from the South. Uh, this initiative aims to increase the voices uh, of the Global South in debates about the transition to a green economy and try to restore the asymmetry between the Global North and the Global South that has been very visible in collective efforts to combat climate changes and biodiversity loss on the last years. Uh, so a lot going on for you, I think, uh, on a daily basis, but that's great to hear. And, and uh, I completely echo what you're saying there. So good to have everyone in the room talking about these things uh, rather than coming from kind of one viewpoint. I mean, sitting in Brazil, have what's what's the biggest shift that you've seen over the last, say, 18 months or, or two years in, in these conversations that you're having? Um, well, um, when I first got into sustainability 25 years ago, uh, I was a harmless tree hugger at best. Um, climate change debates were still very confined to science fiction rather than the agendas of corporate groups and public initiatives. Uh, the market's attitude towards sustainability has shifted dramatically in the last years. Um, from market divisions to the CEO's agenda, we moved. Uh, the incorporation of ESG in companies, particularly in the financial market, is one of the most powerful factors of innovation for the global economy and mainly for countries such as Brazil, um, transforming entire industries, generating new technologies and aligning purpose and profits into the same sentence that something unthinkable just a few years ago. Uh, this does not imply that sustainability has only uh, recently blossomed on the last 18 months. Uh, sustainability as a concept predates the term ESG and even Friedman and Porter. Uh, the market economy is growing and taking on new responsibilities, which includes incorporating sustainability into its strategies and day-to-day -day operations. We transition from being felt as a risk or as a compliance issue to opportunity and uh, uh, new revenue streams. Um, it is no secret that CEOs and investors have begun to take a more um, sympathetic stance towards sustainability issues, um, wrapping this very arid debates in more familiar cases of, their, uh, of our native languages. 
uh, environmental economics frameworks, uh, equations were used, and environmental, social, and governance concerns are now considered to be relevant, though not as on an equal footing with financial indicators yet. Um, there's still a long way to go, um, but for those who lived in sustainability for the last, uh, that for of us that lived in sustainability for the last two decades, um, particularly in a peripheral economy such as Brazil, uh, the last few years have been revolutionary. Interesting. And so, if, so, so from that viewpoint, I don't think a lot of people understand or, or, or can appreciate the the movement in places like Brazil. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk around you know government setting net zero um, targets and 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 setting standards. And there's a lot of regulation, for example, coming out of the EU. There's a lot of focus on asset management in the U.S. I mean, coming from that pers- particular Brazil perspective, are are you seeing? Are people seeing it as a as an opportunity more than more than a risk? Are 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 people struggling with the you know the same questions around data? Are are there kind of regional focus areas that you think are, are, are particularly Brazilian in that in that conversation? Um, yes, I think that we are still learning. Uh, the positioning of Brazil, and when I talk we, we are not just talking about Brazilians, but the world is still learning on how to position emerging economies such as Brazil in this global dialogue uh, on ESG. But being very transparent, we are the scope free of the world. Uh, So when you talk about uh, nature-based solutions, we have to discuss Brazil. Uh, we have 30% of the biote- global biodiversity, and we are responsible for over 50% of the global deforestation. So we are part of the problem. Yes, we are. But we are also uh, an essential part of the solutions. Uh, that's something that is moving us from being uh, very unconcerned about those new international regulations, uh, mainly on the agribusiness sector. There is a large share of our economy to see that, to face that as an opportunity for us to position ourselves, not as an emerging economy, but as a leading protagonist on this new green global economy. Um, Historically, we have always been uh, considered to be an emerging economy, the economy of the future, the new powerhouse, uh, the potential one that, the potential economy that has never fulfilled its whole potential. Well, um, with those new rules of the games uh, in which biodiversity and nature are, are intrinsic part of the wealth gener- of the wealth generation, no country is better positioned uh, to discuss and to lead the discussion than Brazil. So if you look very closely, Brazil uh, is the most competitive country, the most competitive economy for this new chapter of the global capitalism. When Brazilian economy and Brazilian investors and the Brazilian government start considering this new perspective, I'm sure that uh, we are going to rock the world. (laughs) (laughs) It is about changing that conversation, right? I mean, there's so many places in the world that have the resources that people need for this coming period, right? And we need to kind of change that dialogue. But, you know, as somebody suggested to me, and I think it's really funny that it's like when families go home for, well, in my case, it would be Thanksgiving dinner, but 
also for Christmas or any other kind of big family holiday eat or whatever, you know, and everybody drops back into their old spot, right? It doesn't matter. You're like, you're 50 years old, but you're still the youngest cousin, right? So you still have to sit at the end of the table and everybody still thinks you don't know anything. And, you know, we got to, we got to kind of get rid of that. Come to a clean table. It's terrible to be treated as a child. Um, Yeah. To be treated as a child, as children on the table, the adult table. Uh, so um, for us, it's wonderful to be discussing as grown-ups. Um, it was, uh, it's also amazing when we're invited to international forums such as Bellagio for Rockefeller Foundation or the COP, uh, both of biodiversity and the climate. And the world discovers that, okay, the only ones who have pipelines are those weirdos from South America because uh, we always discuss there is no pipeline, there's no fund. There is, we have here. Uh, our ESG fund is the, has outperformed 95% of the traditional market in Brazil. So um, we're doing things. We are making things happen without the global north. But if we have the global north, we can do it much better, much larger, much faster. So we have to we have to start treating the other as a fully crowned and uh, fully intelligent uh adults and uh we have to work together not to have a um pre-assumed roles on this relation we have to be open to rediscuss the relationship between mm. us in the world now excellent and is there a, an an action a specific action that you think would really ramp that up and and, and who is it that 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 needs to deliver you know everybody um always tends to kind of <laughs> point to the person sitting next to them as to who needs to take an action. But, but who do you think <laughs> is really the, is, is really the one who, who could, could change things? Um, there's no super bullet for sure. We need a Kathleen kind of super bullets to solve this, uh, this challenge. Uh, and when we, uh, when we look at the, at the responsibilities, we are all responsible as individuals, as consumers, as investors, or, um, as human beings, there is no one there is, and there's not uh, that doesn't own a share of the to be blamed on the current situation of the world. Um, when we talk on the last questions about reaching out to the hood in the market and to achieve the maturity, um, to be adult is to take responsibilities. Um, I think there is no responsibility is more neglected by the market than the scope free. Um, we from the global south are the scope free of the world. So uh, when the world, when mainly consumer countries over, uh, overlook their involvement in deteriorating climate and environmental uh, circumstances in their supply chains, uh, they also disregard the answer to a global climate change uh, and the southern part of the world. Uh, I advocate personally for a change in the attitude of companies and investors uh, understanding that by making a commitment to be carbon neutral or regenerative, uh, this involves providing conditions for the production chains to make the transition to regenerative and low carbon production models. Um, it also does not imply merely modifying um, our commodity procurement strategies and putting the wage of change on suppliers. Um, producers, um, primarily of agricultural commodities, Establish these production processes under the supervision of the same companies that now pledge the necessary commitments to change their attitude 
on treated deforestation and climate changes. Uh, to be fully consistent with their public pledges, uh, these corporations must provide resources and technical assistance to the suppliers. Uh, they must provide capacity. Um, international development banks are often in charge of planted finance, and this is a huge mistake. They will not be able to handle on their own, and they are not to blame for the predicament that currently demands tremendous investments to transition to a green economy, mainly in countries that are uh, based on agriculture, such as Brazil, and most of Latin America, and most of the global south. Um, companies must participate in the planted investment of transition finance mechanisms for their supply chains. Um, if this occurs, uh, we may finally have a large-scale solution to trade-offs between global north and global south, as well as rapid and efficient avenue for emerging nations to obtain green finance. I think that's not the silver bullet, but there will be a large step. Mm, mm. And I think, you know, you pick up on something that's 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 super important. I think it is a change in that dialogue between the different people in the system, right? And and to move away from kind of a historic of, you know, us versus them in whatever us is and whatever them is to, mm -hmm. you know, who who is in who's in my supply chain? Who am I working with? How do we work together? Um, you know, how does what I've learned already benefit what I can, you know, hand on to somebody else at no, no real separation between that deliverable in some ways. Right. Uh, so, so at the beginning, um, Jose, you, you did mention uh, that, you know, lots of different actors are in the room. And so, so this is the point at which um, I kind of put you on the spot and say, you know, what, you know, what is it that you're doing in your own commitment uh, to sort of net zero in the next say the next year well first of all we are assuming our own responsibilities <laughs> we are part of the problem and so <laughs> we need to uh, try to understand how we can be part of the solution uh, first of all we are expanding our transition funds uh, our transition finance funds and this year uh, we will launch more than 150 million dollars in investments for product restoration projects um, that is reforestation with agroforestry in Brazil. Uh, there will be more than 40,000 hectares of degraded areas that we plan to invest in the coming years and transform them into areas that will produce wealth, biodiversity, social inclusion, and help us on the fight against hunger. We can't forget that uh, to, beat, to make the transition fair and inclusive, we need to think about everyone. It's not just on how to combat carbon emissions or GHG emissions, but how to make uh, the how to make this the new opportunity for impoverished regions and to include everyone, every stakeholders. No one must be left behind. We will also be increasingly transparent in our investment impacts. We are adopting DCFT this year. On the next year, we are going to submit our decarbonization plan uh, to this SPTI. We will be one of the first Latin American uh, asset managers to do so. Mm. And we are also a pilot program for the DNFT uh, for emerging markets. So we are also adopting the NFT in our reporting practices. And most of all, we are increasingly investing in education for the invest investment ecosystems in Brazil. Um, there is no 
to write encyclopedias for the literates is not a solution. We have to provide education, have to provide uh, climate and environmental literacy for our investors, our wealth manager, our ultra high net worth individuals, our institutional investors, pension funds, and so on. Finally, uh, we want to be increasingly focal in the global debates, demonstrating that Brazil and the global South have most of the solutions to the global problems. We are not just part of the problem. We are an essential part of the solution. Uh, but that we need financial innovation, we need to be creative, we need to be uh, to be there and uh, helping everyone, um, not blaming, but helping to work together toward the transition and toward the new economy. Hmm. And, you know, it's it's interesting in how you talk about all the, the different work that you're working on at once. I think one of the key things there, right, is the multifaceted nature of the focus, right? And I think that, you know, there's a, there, there is a big drive to focus on a metric or create, a, you know, an overriding metric for these kinds of conversations. But, but you know, as you rightly said, there you have to keep multiple things in mind, right? It, it's 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 sustainable development. It's regenerative agriculture. It's thinking about what's happening socially at that level it, it, within the within the community in which you're working. You know, there's so many aspects that um, I think have to be kept in mind at the same time. A, a, a difficult job, but you know, there are a lot of smart people in the world, um, including yourself, and and so. That's a really interesting um, way that you're approaching that really holistically as opposed to, you know, oh, we're going to focus on, you know, one part of this or one part of that. Um, in, the, in our last few minutes, I guess, if you could provide the listeners with you know, an action, this is... You know, there's a, there's a fair bit of talk going on, but but what we really want to focus on is, is action and 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 delivery and implementation of of getting to net zero what what would it be if if you could say okay listeners go off and and do this one thing or it could be more um, than one thing if you've got if you've got lots of good ideas <laughs> there are so many things but i have just a few minutes <laughs> um, um first of all i think that they have to stop discussing the obvious so stop discussing anti-esg agendas for god's sake uh <laughs> the world is not very bad situation, not for the world alone, but for us, most of all. So let's start acting. Uh, let's stop discussing um, politically or economically the obvious. Um, second thing is that we have to stop discussing what is more important if the E, the S, or the G. All those letters are equally important. Mm. And there is no environmental sustainability without social inclusion. There is no social inclusion without environmental sustainability. And they are both not temporarily sustainable. They are not perpetuous if there is no governance to sustain that. So mm -hmm. we need to treat those three letters in the same level of importance. And finally, uh, the, uh, we are passing through a generational um, disruption. Um, the next 10 years will be so different for the last 2,000 years. Uh, we are the lucky ones to be alive and leading on this, um, this move, this shift of times, of era, more than that, more than just times. Um, and these new rules, and those new rules of the game, of the new green economy, 
we have to stop thinking as old economy. So we have to stop thinking about uh, emerging countries versus developed countries. We have to stop thinking about global north against global south and vice versa. And we start considering that we have different positionings. We have um, the we have different the rankings that worked previously will not work now. So if Brazil, for example, has always been an emerging country, well, for the new economy, you're not emerging. Uh, we can be the leaders. At the same time, that what happens in Brazil affects Europe. What happens in Europe affects Brazil. So we are intertwined. Uh, so we have to start working together, financially speaking and politically speaking. So uh, I think that the final message for our listeners is that, uh, okay, we truly understand what the problem is. We have a lot of diagnostics about the problem. So let's start acting and providing solutions together. You will not be perfect. You'd be the first uh, trench of solutions. We will be very embarrassed of the solutions that we are going to provide, but much better than just wait for the perfect diagnostics of the situation and develop the state of art solutions. When you do that, you'll be too late. Mm. Mm. No, great points. So, you know, get, get moving uh, on what we have today, you know, in, in a concerted and coordinated coordinated way. It's brilliant points. Thank you so much, Jose, for joining us today. Thank you for, for sharing the insights that you, that you've brung to us and, and to the rest of the world. Um, and, you know, really appreciate your time. A pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, I will keep as a listener and I uh, hope that uh, your time wasn't wasted listening to us. Thank you.